You're listening to Sports Content Strategy with Mr. Richard Clark. The very thing that's made them so successful could also kill them. You don't want to just stand outside and, and rant. And he was completely right. The audience on the app is different from the YouTube, is different from Facebook, is different from Instagram. When they were putting the first Channel 4 show together, they went, you've got to cut out the swearing, this is, is too much. And then after we did it, the first one went, put the swearing back in. <laughs> Hi there. Football fan channels have made a huge leap forward over the last few years. The likes of Arsenal Fan TV and United Stand have started to become essential viewing, whether you support the club involved or not. Now the movement is evolving or more specifically, organising, professionalising and monetizing. We're seeing better videos by better presenters on a wider variety of platforms. They've even moved onto our television screens. Ultimate Football Fan are at the vanguard of this development. I spoke to managing partner Brett Lottery-Best and Rob Walk from parent company Dig about this maturing area of content. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I could do with some reviews as well, so please do take the time and trouble if you would. You can also go to my website, Mr. Richard Clark, if you want to contact me about consultancy, the other work that I do, Football Indonesia, my other podcast, or just want to say hi. Anyway, let's get on with the podcast. So I'm Brett Lottery Best, and I am the managing partner at Ultimate Football Fan, UFF. I'm Rob Walk, I'm the founding partner at Digital Innovation Group and uh, part of the management team at Ultimate Football Fan. So Brett, set the scene, Ultimate Football Fan, what is it? What is it now <laughs> versus what is it, how it started? Well, you, you can give me the, pot, the potted history as well. So, so what it now, it's, it's the biggest football fan network in the world. So we've, we've gathered together the main football fan influencers, which people don't know what a football fan influencer is, obviously the main clubs in the English Premier League have um, fans, super fans, who've become kind of YouTube stars, and head amongst them was Robbie Lyle of AFTV, um, and they've, they've, they've become a kind of a, a media landscape all of their own. Um, so what UFF was about was, was gathering these together because we wanted to have a banner organization that could represent all fans and not just specific clubs. You know, it's a very tribal kind of game. You've got Arsenal, Chelsea, you know, the usual kind of tribes involved. But we need to have a, um, an organization where we can actually bind them together because we can create content across the EPL for you know, all fans globally. Um, what clubs have you got on? The main one is is Arsenal Fan TV as was AFTV now. AFTV. AFTV now. AFTV. Um, what are your set of clubs? So we are at, f- I think, 14 at the moment. We started off with um, just the big six. Um, and when we started, and Robbie obviously is a, is a partner of ours, we were... We were when we actually started out, we were actually looking at Africa as the place to start. We thought the EPL was, has this incredibly huge following. I'm South African, as you can hear from my accent. Um, and the, the UK market was very muddied. It was, quite a, it was very cluttered. And we thought this was a much easier place to start. Funnily enough, our influences themselves, pushed by Robbie and you know, the United Stand, the Chelsea Boys, etc., also to us, actually, you know, we'd rather go into the UK and, um, and really launch there. So, you know, from now we've got Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Watford, Newcastle, Spurs, Wolves, Bournemouth, Brighton, West Ham. What you can't see is we've got another three uh, coming through. There's Leicester, Cardiff and Southampton on the cards as well. Um, and we're still looking for a Man City channel. Believe it or not, were these all new channels, or were they, or did they exist before? Because Arsenal Fan TV existed before, and it became part of the. Most stable. of these have existed, in some, and mo- in fact, um, so obviously AFTV is the well-known kind of quantity here. Yep. You know, he's the superstar in this, in, and 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 Robbie. I mean, he started this five years ago. It took him three years to get kind of that inertia that to to, to really become uh, you know um, almost set the kind of benchmark, the status quo of what this media landscape could look like. And since then, there have been a kind of a lot of follow-on channels um, but also there's loads of people who are really just super fans and, and you know great enthusiasts who have good YouTube channels who don't consider themselves necessarily club influencers but make a lot of content we're also kind of gathering them together focusing and trying to lift up the bar in terms of the production itself that they're that, that they're that they're you know making this, the, the content 
So as much as you know, most of these have been around for part of what we're trying to do there is actually professionalise what they do and then use the influencers, the, the big influencers, to actually drag them up as well and create them actually more popularity behind it. And we say we haven't got one for Man City. If we look at where Fan TV came from, I think Arsenal Fan TV grew as the biggest one because you had Wenger in, Wenger out. The, the club was split and the owners were pretty bad to the fans and it created so much angst. Whereas you go to Man City, they're doing quite a lot right. So there isn't so much kind of like commentary from the fans which are dissatisfied with the club because they're not so dissatisfied with the club. So it's, it's, it's hard to find a Man City influencer at the moment. I was going to come to those storylines in a minute. I just want to get back on the organisation because you you founded DIG or, or co-founded DIG. Um, so what's the relationship there? How does UFF fit into what you do overall? Yes, yeah, so, so we work on a lot of startup projects, funded startup projects to fashion them and create um, what the proposition is, put the um, create of the brand and then the actual apps and so forth together. Uh, within this one it was it was uh, we, we were involved in a project prior to this um, project football and basically that that didn't work and then basically a new management team was put together of which me and my uh, co-founder of Dig Mads were put on on the board and from working with, with Brett, Tom and Ross together we actually worked out maybe there's a different approach instead of trying to create a a football fan network to take on uh, Facebook is maybe that there was something around the the influencers and the fan TV space, and then that's where we actually pushed this venture into. There was a big there was a big point for us, a kind of a and and Ross was was kind of instrumental. Ross is our kind of um, football guru in terms of the partnership, um, but it was very important for us to move away from club centered material and to go fans first. Um, and what we've found, I mean, and, and Rob has kind of referenced in the Wenger, in Wenger out, but there's a, there's, a, there's a bigger problem in that the BBC Sky, the punditry, you know, like kind of the state of affairs, it's very polished, it's very, um, it's considered to be quite inauthentic, and I'm not getting to the real gritty truth of what the fans really, fe- you know, really feel, really felt. Um, that's what AFTV, I think, capitalised on, you know, with the Wenger in, Wenger out, they were calling a spade a spade, and I think they certainly used the language that they've become known for, and, and the likes of DT and Troops as characters that they built on. But actually, I think it's quite true around, you know, the other influences that have come on board as well. They, here are people, I mean, there's that 10,000 hour rule, here are people who are passionately involved in their clubs. They are experts about their clubs, and they have, you know, they have, you know, strong opinions, and they want a place to be able to kind of put them forward. And it hasn't existed in the traditional landscape. The traditional music is very, um, Ross likes to call it the kind of North Korea of, um, of of football television. It's very, very sanitized. It's very kind of clean. That gritty football banter, which is kind of at the heart of the passion you know, that needs a place too. And I think that's part of what drives the fan influences and the reason why we're so successful is that you come on board to get the unfiltered fan opinion. Yeah, I'm going to challenge that a bit because I think that that narrative exists in the pubs. It existed in the fanzines. It exists on the phone on the phone-ins. What I think we're just now in a, in a situation where YouTube means it's on your phone in the morning every day and it changes. So the technology is such that that, the, uh, that particular dialogue can, can reach you wherever you are, changed by the hour, by the minute, literally. And you do have, we've seen, we've got Twitter storms that exist for an hour and then they die. So I, what it, you know, I think that dialogue has always been there, but what you've got now is very different medium and distribution. I was gonna talk about the distribution channels because you're a YouTube channel, you're an app, Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah. So uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, then we've got iOS, Android app, and probably our biggest partnership is our partnership with Amazon, and they push us as one their main push into football. Uh, along what we're doing there, so we're on Amazon Fire TV, Amazon Fire tablets as well, and and that is a, a partnership we tested at the World Cup. They loved it, and now they're pushing it forward as a into, into football. So that's short form content loaded onto the Fire tablets, or it's, it's, it's a, a mix. It's yeah. a mix. So we have our clubs um, loaded in, so they have their all their short form content, and then we have a section called UFF Plus which is long-form content, so stuff that we, we've got a, a roundup show, which is a weekly show which we kind of look back at the week that's happened. We've got a What the Football, kind of a memes and funny comedy show. We've got Fan Park Live, which is a full 60, 45 to 60 minutes uh, live show that goes after all the main EPL games. And then it's called 
um, Monday's mass debate, um, which happens on a Monday night, which is there's also a, a look there's back. There's a lot of knob guys coming in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Innuendo to yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I think it's pretty. It's pretty single entendre. <laughs> to be honest, um, so there's a lot of different kinds of properties from an Amazon point of view. Yes, they want to capitalize on the short form, um, and obviously that's very easy to digest it because a lot of our pickup is on mobile. But in terms of the long form as well, we want to kind of enter into that market and upgrade what the guys have done in terms of fan cams um, to turn into kind of more journalism as well. You know, I think that w- one of the things is this, the very thing that's made them so successful could also kill them. And Robbie's, you know, realized this. You don't want to just stand outside and, and rant. Actually, they have got good opinions, but how do we now wrap that up into different shows? We're looking at talk shows. We even did a cooking show. Um, the, you know, there's a lot of avenues. I like to, to, to kind of paint the picture that football is the backdrop, is like the drama, this conflict between, you know, of passionate people. Um, and in that sense, it's great entertainment. Yes, we've already got a billion fans who follow the game, but you've got even bigger fan base who can, you know, if you, if you wrap this up into great entertaining content like reality, television shows, etc., you know, you widen it even further. And I think the nice thing here is that's what the influencers want to do as well. I don't think they want the rants against the, the chairmen or, or the clubs and so forth. They want to talk about the game and what's good and what's wrong and the decisions that the clubs are making around, around the actual players. Yeah, it's interesting because I wrote down here, as part of my, my questions, yeah. in a sense it's the difficult second album. <laughs> in, absolutely. In that you've got it's to change absolutely. the story a little bit. That Arsenal Fan TV, we know, we all saw it, it became... Uh, a staple of the of, of, <laughs> of the Daily Mail Online's back page, um, and yet it needs to change the narrative. In particular, that you can't start ranting about Emery because he's just got here, and it's it. If people shout at you all the time, you just turn off. Mm-hmm. So you've got to twist your story a little bit. So, what are you? I know you've moved into so, different so shows, I, but are you talking to the to the influencers about that? How much do you lead them? How much do they do it themselves? You said that Robbie knows it. I'm sure he does. But you still got to help them change. Right? We, we, we've set up the formats for them to actually partake in, and I think they partake in in the way they were. So, so I'm, mm. I'm looking at Fan Part Live, for instance. Before, in the halftime and after all the games, it pretty much is like a talk sport kind of thing, a phone in where people phone in, and they talk about the game, they talk about what's going on, and you have an influencer from each one of the teams, and then we actually have Terry who, who runs, runs the show. And when you watch it, it, it pretty much is a, a full TV show where really they're, they're talking about the game and everything in it rather than kind of like sagging off the clubs yeah I mean I, I'm going to defend Robbie here um, in that he, you know he always is, is, is kind of vociferous that yes obviously Wenger perhaps made them quite successful although he, would, he disagrees you know he was there for the good and the bad and they happened to be very popular because of or, or their rant certainly got picked up but you know he's there for the long, in the kind of the long haul. Um, what he certainly has has understood is that there is there is a career, a journalistic career, in actually going I think deeper into the game. So I mean now we just uh, started the second season of the Channel Four show, uh, the Real Football Fan Show, um, and and I think that the difficulty for Robbie is to maintain that ordinary everyday fan kind of thing and as his kind of celebrity has grown um, but he's very well aware that you know the path forward is 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 numerous so the one of the first things we did when we started UFF is actually this blood brothers we talked about the reality television show was how do we now Robbie wanted to start a football club of his own he wanted to be able to kind of give back to the, to the community and the kids who you know he and his his son as well as obviously a, a kind of a rising star um, and we then wanted to tell the story so we decided we could actually put together a reality television show which will be happening in the next month and a half that it'll be you know starting to broadcast but just from there, I'll give you an example. He put out the call. We had over a thousand entries we, from from Peru, from you know, around the world, and from Canada. They flew in just to see whether they could, you know, become part of this team. And and for me, it was such an eye opener again because this is where you realize that football is the backdrop for people's like their the greatest kind of dreams and hopes. Here are all these kids, and they they live through this. Um, and I think that's a Robbie's realised that, and there, you know, if you try and turn those into different entertainment strands, you've got, you know, enough material to to, to fill an entire channel. You talk, you mentioned the the Channel Four show. What was the thinking behind that? Because I found it interesting. 
to go from a YouTube channel to a, a channel for show and it, it was successful it's, enough that it's got a second so, series. So saying that, what we haven't mentioned is as much as we push it out on our own channels, we actually feed our content into about four broadcasters outside, outside of the UK. Yeah. Um, and so Channel 4 is a, a natural one because we are syndicating content out to various platforms. And what countries? Uh, mainly Africa, we've got two, two yeah. in Africa. Um, we've just done um, a deal with Ucast, I'm not sure whether it's broadcasting now and, we, and we're going into Tencent at the moment. So that's something. And we've had discussions with Australian <laughs> channels and yeah. so forth. There's a, a lot of people who have actually come to us saying we want your content either for the TV or for the web propositions that support support them in, the, in those countries. And the African in particular, the amount of football supporters for the yeah. EPL is just massive uh, over there and, and hence why those deals seem to be the money. It is an interesting um, idea though. Remember Channel 4 as well, I think, you know, they're kind of forward thinking. They also saw... And in the space, there's been a lot of people who've done very well on YouTube, and it's, very, it's a difficult transition to go into linear television. And again, this is where I point to Robbie. Robbie has managed to straddle it because he actually is a good journalist at heart. Some of, I think some of the characters around him might not fare quite as well. But what Channel 4 identified was there is this growing kind of, I suppose they're also seeing probably dips in their own, in their own viewership. There is a growing audience on digital content, short form, that you know needs to be serviced, and they also know we're trying to look at how at ways that you can you know bridge the divide. Mm. And if you look at the content, it's actually very well put together, mm. and it doesn't look like it's webcams here and so forth. It is done, and, and a lot of that is 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 Brett's background is is reality TV shows, making reality TV shows. So we've got that capability in directing what we're doing. But as you say, you've got to balance that because too polished. Everyone's going to say well, you've gone mainstream now. You've you've got adverts on it. You, you you've sold us out, Robbie. You, you've, you've got to balance that. Yeah. As well. We've got a funny thing here actually with the Channel Four show is when they were putting the first Channel Four show together, they went, "You've got to cut out swearing. This is is too much." And then after we did it, the first one went, "Put the swearing back in." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there there is we allowed a certain amount of if if bombs. Um, the monetization part. I mean, I would I'm looking on some of the adverts and it's. Um, and this is not a criticism at all, but you've, you've got your, your presenters voicing an advert for shampoo, which is, which is the lead-in, and the, and the graphic that comes up on, on his name is, is shampoo with that. Now, for most people, that's absolutely fine, but we know football doesn't work that way. We know that, that there will be a, a certain proportion, certain percentage, might be small, of fans saying, well, you know, he, he's joined the establishment now because he's he's making money off our backs now, you know, and and that's a. I've always thought that was a difficult one. That was difficult. I had that when I was uh, running content for a club and anything that was seen to be making money, even when we charged for a monthly subscription for video content, which everyone was doing at the time, saying, "Well, I'm giving enough to this club." Mm-hmm. I mean, why am I doing? It? And yet, the way the way around that is advertisements, and that's bad. So we just give so there's this stuff two away. things I'd want to point out. The first point that is, um, we were always nervous that when you start doing multiple different channels, so if I do something on, on YouTube and then I do something on Facebook and then I do something on Channel 4, for example, you're eating the audience. What we're seeing is it's not the same audience at all. So in many respects, the people who are watching on YouTube are not watching the Channel 4. So what, what it looks like demographically is, is vastly different. And just, just Can you fill in the details about that? Well, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how many details I can give you, but I know that our, our, our YouTube audience is 97% male. When the first Channel 4 show went out, it was over 60% female. That's fascinating. That's interesting. That is really It's a different... So, so first of all, the same audiences are not watching the same show, so that, that A... And B, we also have been very careful. So what we've what we try to do with a brand deal is we approach a brand and we say, well, let's work with you to try and integrate your content into what our influencers do. So we've worked with Dollar Shave Club. We've done stuff with Wash and Go. Um, so for Wash and Go, for example, you've now seen the kind of the, the, the stock standard, the um, content in the front of the of the, of the kind of the pre roll. But we also made an ad. We remade the advert, or we had our guys remake the advert from the eighties. From the eighties. Um, in their own style, using their own kind of uh, unique color. Um, what's amazing is that our clients kind of allowed us to do it because it's more f bombs than I, the, <laughs> than, than uh, Ofcom would allow. But 
but what was also interesting from is that actually you know we always said to, to kind of troops and to DT and to Robbie you know we've got to be kind of very careful of managing this and and they felt quite confident they said no no people understand that we're also this is this is also what we do and actually we haven't had as, the amount of the lashback as you you might think so there's the occasional comments what we've seen though is a huge rise in sales and no drop off in terms of the and we watch very closely in terms of their subscription base and their view numbers so there hasn't been a sense of selling out and what we've tried to do is try and make sure that we instill that we that we've kind of overt about it. We're not we're not trying to hide away from that. If we if we're going to put a project a product in front of you that like with Dollar Shave, they shave, they go, this is crap or this is good. We kind of have the Jeremy Clarkson call a spade a spade idea on it, and then what comes out comes out, and that's what we film and that's what we go with. So we're trying to attract brands that are a little bit risky, um, that are a little okay with that. Um, and we haven't seen any negative lashback. Yes, occasional comments, but it hasn't led to anything uh, like a drop in views or a drop in subscriber base. And I, I think also what we're doing here is we have got people who are real fanatical about their clubs and, mm. and uh, they are voice pieces for it. We're actually giving them a, an avenue to actually start commercialising properly what they do. Because really when you look at it, it's only the top three or four of these influencers who really do make proper money out of it. And so this is, is helping everybody grow, grow the genre, grow everybody there and help get those commercial deals in. So when we get a deal into UFF, it's going across the football channels we've got. It's not just one channel we're actually kind of like doing a deal for. Mm. Managing your presenters, I mean, how many of them are full-time now? You're saying that very few of them can make a living out of this. So who's, who's full-time? Who's doing this full-time and who's still dipping it? And who's thinking about changing? So we've got uh, they're all three full-timers, uh, Robbie, DT and Troops, all the AFTV guys. Terry Fleurs is still um, also working for a bank and holding that job, but which is quite amazing um, because he he does this uh, you know virtually every night for us. He runs the fan park um, live. He runs his own channel as well, the Football Terrace. Um, Mark Goldbridge of United Stand has just gone full time. Flex from United Stand is going full time. So we're starting to see the transition over. So our top eight will be full time by the end of this year. And do you? Manage them. I mean, I remember um, some of them we do. Some, some of them we do yeah. separately, but but also, I remember talking about some of the gamers, uh, the gaming space, and talking to people in the gaming space. And because the players are quite young, when they lose, they rant off. When they, if they're sixteen and you lose a football game, you rant off at the guy saying you're the this that and the other. I lost because of that. <laughs> when you get to a bit older, you're yeah. a little bit more placid about it. And if you're a journalist, I, I grew up with people giving me stick for what I wrote. Yeah. It's, a, it's absolutely with the territory, and social media's changed that for every, every journalist. The guys you've got, you, you're treating them as journalists, they're, they're, and they've certainly got the profile, but they're not, perhaps not used to the amount of stick that they get, which can be personal and can be absolutely unnecessary and can be unfair as well, but it goes with the territory. Do you, have you managed them there as well? Because I, I, We I, try to. So I, I think Robbie's in a league of his own. He has because he also he has a, a he has a very thick skin. He is also a consummate journalist. I think one of the things he got really right in that in the kind of persona that he built was always almost a neutral party, able to kind of play everyone around him. Um, some of our other uh, other guys who are newer to it um, are also finding themselves in the spotlight, and we try and help them just manage what that means. Um, because obviously the more successful you become, some of the things which are considered to be fun banter um, can gain a lot more profile and then be taken a lot more seriously. We, and we've had a couple of things where we, you know, we just try and rein them in. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a constant process. Yes, we're trying to manage them. Yes, they have trouble doing it. Some of the stuff they, they get, you know, the football by its nature is really around conflict and around going for the other kind of team. So we've also got to be careful as to you know how much we kind of put a lid on it. Um, but apart from the live shows, which I think Terry is a master at handling, most of it's edited, and therefore we can always reassess later and, and in a calmer view go like, perhaps it wasn't the best way to handle it, and let's perhaps leave that on the cutting floor. Tell me about your numbers, your viewership numbers. How are you? How are you doing? So uh, generally, month by month, we hit between fifty to fifty-five million 
views and that's a combination across all the channels so obviously AFTV is by far the biggest crunch in that um, should I be giving all these numbers away <laughs> you know it's between 20 and 30 million um, views a month but they average I think about 27 million at the moment um, and then our second biggest influencer would be United Stand um, and you know he's down in I think about 5 million a month yeah. um, and the others We've got DT and troops, etc., who are on the kind of large scale, and then you have a large drop down from there into kind of much smaller numbers. Okay, and geographically, you're saying you're going to different places, big in Africa. Where else are you big so, in particular? Um, the YouTube audience, UK, is basically 70 to 80 percent, on depending on different influences. Uh, US, Australia uh, are next, and then India generally is our fourth biggest um, where's Africa now but but again that's across the YouTube audience um, then different Africa like Nigeria Kenya and South Africa generally feature in the top five for most of our influences um, there's a town in Nigeria that has an Arsenal day where everyone wears the Arsenal kits, for example, which we have to send Robbie to and he's very keen to go to. Um, but yeah so, so, so Africa does kind of feature in the top five and you went to the World Cup well, well, but UFF covered it and AFTV went. Yes. So what did you do there? How did you cover it? So there's two different sides. From the AFTV side, I think, well, again, what Robbie has realized is that this the space of fan media can hold more. And he also wants to get out of just the AFT, just being seen as only Arsenal. Um, so he was one of the few journalists, I think, who, you know, in that fan space who went and then, you know, covered all the different England games and, in fact, did a whole bunch of other games as well. And their numbers proved, I mean, he's, he did um, fantastic numbers over the World Cup. From a UFF side, um, we covered it because obviously it was just such a you know great celebration in terms of you know England and the teams. We also tried to give it in kind of an EPL slant, and then we you know went after particular or covered particular um, players and different uh, teams across the world. Um, but but yeah, it was a, it was a great test for us. We also our first test in terms of Amazon because they had a World Cup page, which we were one of the kind of feature players on, and that's why we became a preferred partner for them. Were you inside games? Was Robbie inside the games or was he just on the outside? Ah, the outside, yeah. Actually, he had full accreditation, but, you know, Robbie's really, like adamant. He's, he, he built this thing on not having rights and he's quite consistently kind of avoiding trying to get inside the territory. He wants to be from the fans, but he was using the fan parks and he was trying to enjoy and get the Russian experience. For him, you know, what he said to us was, how many people will get to go to Russia, let alone get to go again? He wants to be the fan that, you know, you can live through vicariously to experience what the World Cup would be like. And that's the kind of experience that he was, you know, putting on, on YouTube for us. And saying that, one of our broadcasters gave us press passes for, for the event and he just hardly ever used them. It's really true. <laughs> In fact, <Yeah>. they didn't. <laughs> what about some of the perhaps less popular and well-known, established channels. Where are your rising stars? There's a bunch of them. There's a you bunch can't of say them. All of them. So George Achillea, for example, <laughs> I think is, 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 is fantastic. He's a young Spurs guy, I've been so furious. But there's, there's a bunch of them. What I find so interesting is that, you know, the YouTube boat for some, I think for the football fan thing is, we, we, we kind of going like, don't even, don't even worry about your numbers there because actually there's new platforms to start looking at. Instagram, the IGTV is out there. And we like, a lot of the kids are going, yeah, it's going to take a long time for me to get to the five, ten thousand mark. What Rob mentioned is what we do, what we do try and do is when someone new comes on board and they've got, you know, anything for 500, 1,000 followers, often they're great, but they simply cannot cut through the amount of clutter that there is now on, in, you know, get through the space. The first thing we do is start collaborating. So once they have a collaboration with Robbie, suddenly they'll have 10,000 subscribers. From there, it's an easier place to kind of start building an audience. But we don't want to just get them focused on YouTube. There are, as I mentioned, there are other platforms. That's why we're very interested in also wrapping that content up and, and making use of their presenter skills. So I've done television for, for many, many years. And what, I, what amazes me to this day, we do all these different shows. Our guys are one take. They know their subject. They don't rehearse their lines. They simply... They simply do it. They're experts in their field. They know it. They're passionate about it. They speak, you know, clearly, lucidly, without mumbling. It's, you know, it's kind of a, a broadcaster's dream. And here is this kind of whole team of people who are, you know, willing and able to do that. Um, so we literally just want to put the camera on them and show people how good they are. We, we, we did a show yesterday, UFF Round, we'll go up uh, tonight, 10 o'clock. Um, we had some new influences on the, as, as they presented, it's, it's 
it's, for them it's like a duck to water. When you choose people, are you, are you choosing them? Are they pitching themselves to you? Are you uh, and we, any process? The new teams that have come up, how did you go about getting the, the wolves in and, and so forth? So, so we, go, we go looking for them, we go hunting for them and then we kind of watch what they've done. Um, and the moment we, I mean, you can see who's got like ta- raw talent or talent, you know, to be there. I mean, the first thing though, and this is something Robert was is, is consistency above all else. If someone's going to be consistent, they'll show up enough time to learn how to be better in terms of the presenting. And the moment we can pull them out of their bedroom or whatever, and they like one of the first things is get out to your urban environment, get out to where you're playing the games, to the stadium, like let people experience the atmosphere you're talking about. And you, you know, fifty percent of the way there, we do then help them kind of train them up. Just if they if they need some help, generally it's with technical stuff about what to shoot, improving their sound quality, etc. And then it's just consistency. You know, people who are passionate like that are all the time learning, self-editing, watching something. How do I improve this? They're also very aware of what else is going on in the kind of sphere in terms of the kind of this media. And are you fearful of people who want to be influencers rather than wants to? tell a story about their club because what you're talking about is someone and many people have worked 10 years to be an overnight sensation that that's what you have to do and that's really what you need to do here rather than I want to be an influence I want to be an instant a YouTube star or an internet influencer well surely you're looking for people who want to tell a good story about their club and one of the secrets with Arsenal Fan TV is you've had someone who's spread the attention at the top of it rather than want all the attention for themselves so that's a personality issue you, you get what I'm saying there it's, a, it's an interesting one there's a couple of influencers that we use at the moment or, or, or work with who are um, I don't have to name names but who are I think doing it it's a personality kind of cult that they're running um, but that works for them as well, I, you know. Like, and we're not trying to necessarily. Um, some of the entertainment stuff that we do, you know, takes us off from just reporting on the club. So if we're doing a cooking show, or if we're doing one of the like the mass debates show, or we're doing something where there's a kind of a head to head, and you want a certain style, a certain kind of person, then you want a different kind of personality. I think of it as just like you do a Big Brother. You're going to cast people who are going to be interesting to watch. Um, and we have a range of those people. So yes, most of them, 85, 90% are you know, club first. And then there are the couple who are, are kind of more personality driven, but they have their place. Where do you want to take this? Where do you want to take this? You, are you going to expand it out to, I mean, Rob, you, you've talked about overseas mm-hmm. in, in particular. So let's talk about that, I suppose. What are your overseas ambitions for this? Well, we, we've, we've looked into other territories and we're trying to work out where it can work. I, I think our look at the USA um, is is very different from can we create influencers out there. But people are very happy with their clubs out there. The clubs really look after the fans and embrace the fans. So there isn't the disgruntled nature that we've actually kind of had, which is... I've worked in MLS. <laughs> when last Good. time I was there, about a third of them had some sort of protest against, against the clubs. I was in the stands watching it. But but yes, there isn't the... There isn't the Angst. Angry pitchfork people rushing the stadium <laughs> like you get in England, that's for sure. But anyway, go on, interrupt. Yeah. I interrupt you. Um, but yeah, I, I think we are, we are looking at other leagues outside there. We're actually looking at other sports as well, where we can actually leverage this into as well. And really what we are creating is, is influencers who are around sport rather than specifically just, just around the EPL and, and so forth. So there, there are several world things we're looking into. Uh, nothing's actually been confirmed yet, but yeah. We're looking. And when we saw, I mean, I don't want to compare it with the TVs and the coppers, but there was YouTube had a had a had a scheme. I forget, I forget the name of the scheme now, where they launched many many channels, and there was a, a natural contraction. Are all these viable? Do it just fit under the UFF banner? Will you ever have to make a decision over? who's around and who's not based think, on traffic I, I think we we looked at it this year and said because um, we moved more into the World Cup we moved into other areas and then we went no let's pull it back to EPL this is where, where we are and that's where our fans want at the moment and that's where we have actually yeah. refocused yeah. so just from a UFF point of view we're definitely <clears throat> we're focusing on being English Premier League you know through the eyes of the fans and putting like football back into the hands of the fans when it comes to EPL 
Um, you know, the longer vision that Rob is t- talking about, absolutely, we've looked at you know the other apps, other sports, but whether that's other iterations um, of, of a different company, like th- that, that, obviously that could scale in that way. But right now, I think. You know, we've got 300 kind of hard, 300 million hardcore fans around the EPL, and I think actually the, the numbers are, are well beyond that um, that we can appeal to, and I think we get it really right in terms of getting our well, my vision certainly before the end of well, mid next year by end of next year is that UFF has its own channel, so that we have just we have 24/7. We just we have our own channel of content, and we can you can have it on VOD, you can have it on Amazon, you can have it anywhere you go. Um, and it's starting to wrap up the AFT, you know, to AFTV hour and to United Stand hour, and so so that the fans themselves have this a fan channel to kind of look at. That model, I think, can extend to multi, a, f- a few different other kinds of sports and, and, and different kinds of platforms. Um, but it has it has a different in each sports case because they come from a different place. There's a different genesis to that, and there's a different roadmap to it. So right now we need to get just the EPL right and not go after any other shiny new toys um, before you know. And, and I think saying getting the the EPL right, I, I can see how we're doing. And one thing that's absolutely amazed me about this is, as a management team, I think it's a very very good management team what we put in, but really. The, the 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 ethics we've got about how we actually work with the influencers and actually how we include them, how we monetize it for them, it's, it's like a family. It's, it, it's more than a business. They are getting stuff out of this. It's not like, you know, as a company, we're, we're fleecing them or anything. We're not. It really is trying to grow it for everybody. And I think that's, that's what's quite nice from this is they've probably gravitated towards us and working with what we've got is because we are actually a very fair offering in the market. A couple of things I want to pick out of what you said. You talked about a, a channel. Now, what? And obviously, we're you're the content guy, so you're not paying for it. It's this guy who's over here, Rob. <laughs> so I'm just going to talk to you for a second. Rob can wait. But in your mind's eye, is this a TV app? Is this on the Sky EPG? What is this? I think and it's it's a it's a range of different things. So at the because moment, you've already got the channel on YouTube, and that's effectively a channel. It is effectively a channel. But what we're now look, talking about linear channels. You're talking about programming. We're tra- talking about actually wrapping up short form into different kind of long form content, different kind of content offerings. You know, you go to Ultimate Football Fan to watch a channel of, of fan material that's curated, that's high quality, but still gritty, still authentic, and still has my favorite personalities on it. And, that, you know, Linear is one way to, to have that. Of course, we'll still have the app. Um, and the way that we're dividing the app up now as well is then you can follow personalities, you can follow different clubs, you can follow different um, IP strands, so different content properties, whether it's what the football or roundup show, etc. And we're doing the same, and it becomes more and more niche. We, um, you know, I don't think it's too early to say, but we'll be having the AFTV app come out fairly you know, soon. We're not, we're not trying to say, oh, this all has to be UFF. In fact, niche out. You know, next, I would imagine the United Stand app will be, will be following. And we want to get all our influencers producing content in their own platforms, in their own channels, because as I said before, every platform has its own audience and you need to service them in a different way. So the more kind of content offerings that we can we can bring to the market, the more ways of monetizing and bringing brands and having engagements and having you know exciting ways to actually get to the fans on a one-on-one. Yeah, I and mean, in terms of that content, tailoring it for different platforms, is it the same content tailored different way or is it entirely tailored different content? Bit of both. So in each each platform, generally, we like to have one bespoke or two bespoke areas that you're going to have something that you can't have an experience elsewhere. Obviously, app you can also do more engagement. You can do more things, but it's a kind of one-on-one experience. Um, when you're wrapping it up for linear or for our, our mobile clients, it's obviously less engaged. But then we can have different ways of consuming short-form content. So what we look at is taking the best of from different short-form pieces across the club range and then kind of wrapping that up. So each channel should feel and look slightly different um, and be obviously be targeting you know who that audience is and, and on the tech behind that as well is it all goes into a digital asset management system and then it's that will go up to Tencent and that will go off to kind of like this broadcaster depending on what it is and does it, is it linear or is it short form or is it, it all of that is actually able to be done from what we've actually put in place for that and just so I'm 
clearer on the on the on the monetization strategies behind it. Obviously, you've got the sponsorship, you've got the syndication overseas, etc. And, and ad funded as well. And ad well, what, What's very good about the way we've approached this is we can see that we've got big audiences from our influencers. So by creating these formats and these shows and stuff, we allow them to put them on their on their channel. So they're actually making money out of the content we're giving them, mm-hmm. and we don't take any of the money they get from from their channels for pushing these shows out. But often, if you've got Robbie on there with one of the other influencers, these influencers are going to benefit. But what we're able to do is we're able to get good brand sponsorship in, saying we can push it out to all the networks. So our early business model is obviously brand sponsorship, branded content, and so forth. And we will pull more people back into UFF channel. And UFF channel is about the fourth largest now out of, out of the yep. channels. And then the ad funding will actually start to take over. But it's, it isn't an ad funded model in the early days for us. That That is really where we, we move to going forward. It is more sponsorship and leveraging everybody's platform to grow to grow it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure if you can answer this or not, but, but where are you in terms of profitability for the family? For the family, well, no, I think I think all of the influence actually make more than they would without oh, the influencers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Are you talking about UFF specifically, or are you talking about influencers? I'm talking about the UFF. So, so we've this got UFF project. Are you in profit? I suppose mm, is the question. It's managing to wash its own face. Let's say yeah. that. Okay. So we've yeah, only been going for about just over a year and a half. Yeah. Year and a half, isn't it? Now we've, yeah. we've launched. And we only really started getting the content out towards the end of last year and building up. Yeah, so we really kick-started Jan, Feb of this year in terms of app release, starting to push out, etc. So, um, and you know, we've only grown. We've grown from I think we've got thirty-five or thirty-six thousand subs on our YouTube channel. That's also from Feb. Um, so not very fast burning, but we, you know we're kind of slowly edging forward. But yeah, we're managing to through sponsorship and brand deals, as Rob mentioned. Um, Some of those brand deals are actually getting quite quite significant in amount of money they're yeah. pushing over, and then obviously we can actually split that out between the various influencers as well, which none of them would actually get that size of deal on their own. And those brand deals, you you talked about the advert with the Arsenal Fan TV guys, so AFTV, recreating the Wash and Go advert. It's important to have the right relationship with those brands, isn't it? Especially yeah, with something yeah, like this. I think, yeah, I think that was an amazing one for, for, for the brands as well, what they experienced and stuff. It was a six-month campaign we delivered in four weeks. Mm. It, it, it just flew and, and stuff like that. So for them, they're like going, wow, this is much better yeah, than... But I suppose you know. you're dealing with influence where this is part of their market, so you're not going to go through an agent, you've got to ring up some guy and say, can you wash your hair on camera, please, for him? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's an easier conversation than they're used to. Yeah. Except when you know, see the footage and, he, and he's effing and blinding because he doesn't want to put in his hair and then he gets a glove and then there's a there's an all-out barney around. And the champagne. Wasn't yeah, it was, it's, it's hilarious <laughs> to watch. It's like a car crash. Um, but that's also what appeals, you know. That's And, and you're right. To find the right brand, is also going to be able to be risky and relaxed enough to go I get it and I get that this is the audience that is going to move this product and they've seen a year on year sales increase of 13% so you know that's market you said you can't sit on the, on the Premier League because mm. you haven't got all the Premier League clubs at the moment you, no. what are you over over halfway way over halfway yeah, we're at 14 14, 14 yeah. so you've got a, a few more to go yeah and the, the, the focus, to be honest, we, when we started, we were, we were hitting Africa and we only needed to concentrate on the, on the top four or five clubs because yeah. that's what they watch and that's where we got. And this is actually, going back to it, is we didn't think we were going to do the UK because we thought we were going to step on the toes of the influencers. And then they actually asked us to actually come in and actually pull this together as a UK initiative afterwards. It was, was Robbie who first said, we said, well, if you release a, you're an app, Robbie, you know, you're going to eat your own audience. He was like, you won't. You, you'll grow it. Watch. And he was completely right. The audience, the audience on the app is different from the YouTube, is different from Facebook, is different from Instagram. They're not, they're not all moving across. Yes, of course, some kind of catch stuff, but it is a different audience, and that I find kind of fascinating. So when we've gone into Amazon Fire, when we've gone into Channel Four, whole new audience. And also, we've seen now. Then you obviously got to, you know, you've got to alter your your, your content offering as well. Amazon Fire, for example, they've insisted they want long form stuff that they can push us from homepage. Um, so we've had to, you know, look at what those long form offerings look like. So this is on the fire. It's not. On, it's not on Prime. It's no, on, it's on, fire. It's fire. So, sorry, it's fire. T- tell me what the difference is there. I don't quite know the difference. So, so it's on the Fire tablet. So you get it from the Amazon App Store on Fire tablets. Okay. But then it's also on the Fire TV stick, which is which most people with, with yeah. Fire TVs have Prime as well. So you actually can see see it on there as well as an app that you can actually download. So it's our app. We built the infrastructure. 
it's actually pushed into the the Amazon apps or on the TV and actually for the so they push the our app you actually have an app experience for us you can we have you know it's our full app inside the environment but like you're a sport player on Amazon Fire TV I mean would you even look at long form content that might fit on a an Amazon Prime or a Netflix yeah. because uh, we're doing it right now do. absolutely so documentaries we've actually now we are um, we call them exclusive pieces at the moment um, and we've really I mean obviously taken a kind of nod to, to Vice and how well they've done is we're looking at in-depth documentary pieces we've got one coming out next week um, on football and gangs and how football is using to get you know young kids off UK streets Fan, I mean really we've, they've been shooting we were hoping to get it out three weeks ago um, and I mean, they've gone from gang members to clubs, you know, who've been started from ex-prisoners to like it's a big story. We're doing one on women in football. Um, we're doing Islamophobia in football, and, and these, I mean, these are really kind of big, meaty stories. And again, we've got young kind of young kids, really, you know, but they're journalists who are going. These are football stories that need to get told, and the opportunity here is to grow that into certainly to thirty minutes, and then even full. Uh, film docs what do you feel you can't do What's, what have you taken off the table I'm talking about things you feel you can do what have you dismissed as an opportunity I think one of the things that we, we need to be careful of is, is over managing our influences we need to be a, we need to allow them to do what they do really well and help make content um, I think we try to not micromanage. I think we try to get too involved, and actually, you 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 can't. Every there are so many personalities. There are so many things going. On. In fact, a lot of what also was happening is there's a lot of infighting between influencers because, of course, there are you know different clubs. There's there's Spurs and Arsenal, etc. There's also competing um, influencers in the same clubs, and we have had to just become a little bit of the adults in the room, but step back a little bit to go say. You know, you guys, we'll help you in every which way you like, and as much as we can, but we can't manage all the different ins and outs, because I think there was perhaps a little too much parenting in the beginning, and that's we need to be careful of. And do you have, and sorry, do you have producers, a producer with the guys when they're filming outside the grounds yes. now? Has that changed? Oh. Is better cameras and a producer there? Is that the biggest change? No. So that's, if it's their fan cam stuff, we, do, we also try not to get involved. So again, what we've tried to do is empower them and not put crew or things to that, that would feel inauthentic to, to what they are. So we've got to make sure that they can handle their own filming, their own edits. You know, technically we try and help them get better at it, but we're not putting our own kind of producer that only with our own content, which is generally either the long form or special like documentary stuff, where we have a producer and then and then we kind of, you know, we, we, we run the show then. It's a you know, kind of different format. We have a studio down in Acton and stuff where we actually put most of the, of our shows out. Yeah. Yeah. One question I was going to ask, because you had to change the name of Arsenal Fan TV to AFTV. Thoughts on that? Any effect? Your brand was strong enough to, oh, to brand be brand. Sure. That you'd have to, you know, you'd have to ask Robbie thing, but that was, AFTV is, was always quite very, you know, kind of strong as it was, so there was not even a, a glitch on there. And I suppose, uh, I mean... I mean, having worked for the club, we're talking about it. The, 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 the only the only thing I would think that that may be a concern going forward, because Arsenal fan TV, as I say, the brand is stronger, is that other clubs would follow suit with with club channels that maybe aren't quite so established. Mm-hmm. So we have that tends to happen. And I'm going to forget the name right now. Um, we have a story that's brewing right now where the club has banned the influences, their particular influences from inside or near their grounds. Um, so UFF is getting involved and we're getting Robbie involved um, so I don't want to mention the names because we're going to we'll release that but um, so yes that could happen but uh, the relationship between between Robbie and Arsenal is great there's, there's, there aren't any problems there so what we have to do is we're not here to create friction but we also we need to represent the fans and the fans should be able to represent themselves as how they see fit outside in terms of the grounds not necessarily inside the grounds but certainly outside the grounds um, so people being stopped from being even able to produce content you know I think is, is something we want to kind of uh, you know raise the attention around I think there'll probably be a backlash in, in those kind of situations where it is, is being banned or thought of being banned yeah you find natural Corrections, natural corrections. Mm. That, 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 that 
we've seen it with all YouTube channels where something gets popular and then people attack it and then there's a reset and then it, and then if it's if it has value editorial value if it's good enough it recovers and, and becomes part of the establishment now and we've yeah. seen that with as I say I'm, I'm long enough to remember the first fanzine movement where they were massively important and they were the influencers these people were mm. the influencers and then it changed to uh, web pages and it changed to podcasts and now it's in YouTube channels mm. you know, the difference about YouTube channels is they are available at, at the same time as they've grown up the devices yeah. have changed mm. which has made yeah. it absolutely Fair ubiquitous and yeah. distributed everywhere and you know the, the means of production to make a a, a show to, that could be a long form piece of content on a Netflix it, it, the costs of that have gone down. I mean, you're mm. more, te mm. more technical than me, but the um, that's that's a game changer for me. That's a game changer and mm. a very exciting space. Mm. Uh, just to your point, though, I also think there's always going to be like a tension between the fans and the clubs. But actually, I think it's a great place to grow. I think you, no one would be in a better position than you. Robbie has done so many things for AF, you know, Arsenal, the club as well, and, and they've been involved along the way. So I'm sure there's been argy bargies there, here and there. But ultimately, you know, the relationship between a club and their fans is the kind of the source of all the material as well. So both, you know, in terms of the media landscape, should you know coexist, both the kind of the traditional and the more kind of fan. Well, it's interesting because traditional journalism might not call what fan channels do as journalism. They, they don't. Do they absolutely unequivocally don't. Okay, but traditional journalism says that journalism is writing things that, that, that people don't want you to write about. If you're writing about things that everyone's happy about, that isn't journalism. Well, this is describing what you've just yeah. described. Basically, that there needs to be that tension, there needs to be that uh, watchdog correction, because these are the fans that are ultimately paying their money and they're part of the fabric of their club. So as long as, it, my personal view, as long as it's um, uh, done respectfully the right way, everyone's allowed to protest. Mm. That's democracy. That's really like at UFF. <laughs> <laughs> a football democracy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to end it. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Please follow at Sports Content Strategy on Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, it's Sports Content SP. Richard is at Mr. Richard Clark on all social media. Read his blog and sign up for his newsletter at mrrichardclark.com. Thank you.